Electric Girl going after Expat. Expat still in front. Electric Girl levels up. Bob's gets there. Frieda on the outside, reach the lead. She's full out. Kick you on the outside, trying hard in the lesser file. Foxy Frieda in front. Kick you the only danger. Foxy Frieda in front. No And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for buying our Tats Diara preview day. Had to have it with a little bit of Taylor Swift leading in for the great Phillies and Mares Classic, the last Group 1 of the Australian Racing Year. Eagle Farm, rail out four metres. It looks like we're going to have perfect race conditions. Vince Carty from Daily Sectionals. Let's rip into it, mate. Yes, exactly. Well, it's good to see we've still got good racing going on on good tracks, Ralphie. Absolutely. So, with the rail out, uh, sorry, I said four metres, the rail out six metres. So, how do you expect uh, Eagle Farm to play? Well, I'm definitely not going to be a disadvantage on the fence. So I'm sort of saying one or two off the fence all the way to the middle of the track is not going to be a disadvantage. So I'd say most runners are going to get their opportunity unless you're in a very slowly run race and that'll be dominant on pace. So um, in, in years past, I reckon Tefane might have won this race, uh, coming mm-hmm. right out super wide. How, how's Eagle Farm playing as far as that's concerned at the moment? Are you worried that the super wide runners will be overly advantaged, or are you happy, more happy well, with the way it's playing this time in? The key for those runners is going to be at what time are they going to try and position themselves? Because if they're trying to work out really wide well before the turn, they could get too deep on the turn. And what I've noticed with a lot of horses is they tend to lose another three or four lengths, and therefore absolutely nullifying any advantage of um, those wide lanes. But if you're like in the middle of the pack and you're three or four off the fence and you veer off as you're turning for home, they're the runners that I'm most worried about because they will have the super advantage if they get wider. All right, well, let's start with the Tatsiara. So there's uh, notionally a field of 22. We'll assume the emergencies aren't running. All this information is correct as of 6 a.m. Friday morning. Of course, we will do the update podcast that you'll get tomorrow morning post-scratching should there be any uh, changes, and that will be more of a complete uh, race day business mode. But as far as how you expect this uh, this race to pan out speed-wise, Vince? Well, there's a nice cluster of horses that go forward. Are they horses that absolutely want to be brutally up front leading? Probably no. And therefore, I feel there's going to be a little bit of, well, either overreaching for a few horses to get their position, or we're going to be reasonably orderly. Because I'm, they're not like super high talent. So therefore, I don't feel they're going to have it within them to you know be able to step up and go four, five, six lengths faster than standard and still be competitive at the end. So I'm, again, being very wishful here that I'm taking a position that a number of these riders aren't going to start looking to do that. And like example, Chain of Lightning, Luke Nolan, he's not going to bust the horse open. Damien Thornton, even on um, Brooks Spy, I don't believe he'll do that. Lady of Honour is the one where I believe will just roll forward and control the pace. Now, this Kyle, uh, Kylie Wilson, I'm not sure what she's going to do with Palace Fan. She might be the one that might upset the April card up front and, and get everybody to overreach. And then we're absolutely going to be at least three lengths off the lead speed to probably eight is where the winners come from. And I still feel, no matter how I looked at the race, that's who's going to be best suited. Midfield runners are going to be the hardest horses to beat. 
Well, let's start with the favourite, Opal Ridge. So I want to go back to Rose Hill, Golden Slipper Day first yep. up. I'll read what I what we wrote in um, in Sizzlers because I think this is the, the starting point for talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two-length winner, race five, 3.8 lengths above benchmark, ranked eighth of the day. This filly has produced a serious first up winning performance and has smashed her PB by uh, 0.3 of a length uh, in above bench oh sorry from 0.3 of a length above benchmark in doing so what's noticeable in her trial in her profile was mainly stuck on very wet new south wales tracks now that's throughout 2022 here on clean ground has shown what a true capability is minus 4.6800 and borderline non-winning position 8.4 lengths from the lead but then produced a huge 9.4 length exertion at plus 4.8 mid-race. Her last 400 was 3.7. Micro splits showed even more. She suffered a 3 links, 3.4 length slowdown for the 600 and 400. Only maintained her speed 400 200 before picking up 2.3 links above benchmark. Last 200 in isolation, the fourth best of the day. Uh, now, we use, your forecast then was your IVR level was in the 4.5 range. Uh, as yep. a forecast, and at the remember in that Monday pod, you said this is a potential Everest climber now. So she went sideways a couple of times on wet tracks. She exploded at Scone, and then at Eagle Farm last start, as was well documented, she was planted wide throughout. What's your thoughts about her going into the Tatsiara? Okay, so this is probably one runner that genuinely at this distance range hasn't been given the opportunity in terms of the, the right pace. Either you know, if we put put the wet tracks aside, which we know that that artificially automatically makes the races slower. But you just have a look at this runners all all campaign. First up was the fastest the horse has ever gone through the first section, and that's four point six lengths below benchmark at twelve hundred meters, and that was when it produced that booming performance. And the splits all the way home were, I mean, they were dynamite, Ralph. Like like you touched, I mean, combined last eight hundred of eight point five lengths. You know you have ability when you're capable of that. And I went actually a lot further back, Ralph, just to see how this horse handled itself if you're near benchmark speed. We went. I went back to last campaign, Rose Hill 1100, and there it is, 1.7 below, went half, virtually half a length below benchmark between the 8 and the 4, and still had a strong finish of a plus 4.2 over the last 400 metres. In other words, why, why I'm pointing that out is, is just to demonstrate this runner definitely can still have a great sprint off a solid speed. Now, doesn't matter how fast they go here, Ralphie. This horse will still be travelling below benchmark, and I expect it to be absolutely in the strike range. And maybe, maybe with a little bit of luck in running, because, I mean, the barrier position's golden this time. It's very hard to make a mistake here. The only challenge you're going to have is when you turn for home, just got to get a little bit of clean air. So if Tyler's thinking a little bit in advance, before he gets to the home turn, he may be able to find himself in that you know fantastic position at the 350 mark because the splits will come, Ralphie. There'll be plenty of room to find your spot because there's so many lanes to work with and you're going to get your chance. <laughs> and I, I don't have to say much more other than if it produces a plus four or five last 400 metres above benchmark, the horse is going to be in the money. Nice. So really looking at your totem pole here, best is current prep. Nothing's gone close to matching 3.9 lengths above benchmark. No, and let's keep it real. Even if the horse can't get to that level now, you know, this time in, 1,400, you only need about 1.6 to get on the podium. Two, maybe plus two, 1.52, you'll get you on the podium, Ralphie. Can I surmise your thoughts about her chances she's she's deserving a favourite? She's definitely deserving of a top three. It just like what I'm starting to see with this horse is it probably need it needs to be like a pattern rider that yep. has to understand how to navigate this horse. I that's what I feel. Now, Tyler has had enough goes to know now, surely. Yep. And it definitely deserves to be I don't want to say outright favourite because the market's still reasonably tight because bookmakers should you know be a bit more generous for all of us, right? <laughs> yes. It should be at least fives the field with a field like this because it's a good even field. But 
three dollars eighty, four dollars. Is that roughly the price at the yeah. moment? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's about right. All right. Well, so you said five dollars. The horse that is five dollars. The second favourite is Ruthless Dame. Uh, this stable Vince. <laughs> they go all right, Mar Eustace. So it's it's won the uh, Sangster with one point eight lengths above benchmark. And last start, in traffic at Eagle Farm, off a slow jump. And, you know, once they jump slowly, you're just stuck there if you're uh, if you drawn where, where she was. Yeah. So she couldn't really accelerate. Has she got another peak run in her? Well, it's hard. Well, I'm definitely not going to say no with this stable. <laughs> Absolutely not, right? And then I just look at that last run, and you've touched on it. <laughs> I mean, look, at the, at the 800s going 3.6 lengths below benchmark, obviously got plenty of energy because this is a horse that can go a lot faster early and between the eight and the four nice move of around five and a half lengths plus two above benchmark and then excellent 400 meter sprint not as good as opal ridge but still very good plus 3.2 and i'm just sitting back here saying well it got in the top 10 after adjustments, it's turned up and it's a benchmark. And even if I go on the Raws, it's the second best performance the horse has ever had. And it's a filly with the one trend. No doubt this stable's targeting. They probably haven't drawn the best, but for a guy like Johnny Allen, he probably likes that. Fifth best last 800 they meant that it outstripped Think About It. Yeah. So, so it's a hard, hard runner to knock. Uh, I just wondered when you said about the wide draw there, Maybe one query here is is you're saying, let's say even three wide with cover, that could mean you're five, six, seven wide on the home turn making your run, and maybe that, that can see you a bit too far out in that arc. If they go back to last, they won't win. Yeah. That's that, But Johnny Allen's not that sort of guy. Doesn't go wondering. He, no, no, he, he's not going to do that. Uh, that's my view, right? I Just looking at his style and the way he is, especially in big races, that's why he wins so many. And he's like an in-and-out rider for me, right? Yep. But the reality is this. He isn't going to do that. I feel he's firmly going to try and plant himself somewhere in that middle of the pack. And he's going to chance his arm for a position, uh, uh, you know, like without getting caught wide. I just feel that's what he's going to do. But if, he's, if the horse doesn't get out clean and it's last, then – unfortunately, your money will be gone because you, you won't be able to give this field 13, 14 lengths and reel them in. You're just not going to be able to do it. And this horse has got talent, but it doesn't have that much talent. We played a little bit of Shalo's win at the Sunshine Coast in our intro there, and she's a horse who uh, started her career in uh, in Melbourne, Archie Alexander. I think she had a stint with Price Kent. She had two runs here for the this stable, and this stable's very good. We had a bit of fun with uh, Uncommon James. They're, they're a good target stable. They won first up with this horse at, at Caloundra back in January. Always had a lot of talent. Uh, it's, it's a get-backer, explosive finisher. What does that mean here? So which run are we talking about, uh, We're talking about Shalo, number eight. Ah, oh, number eight, yeah. Well, I know that just, again, from what I was listening to on Sky, there was a you know, big expectation this horse was going to run really well first up, and I felt that it did too. Uh, eighth best of the day, 0.5 above. You look at the breakdown, the weakness in the finish was exactly what you wanted to see. I mean, the horse lost about 1.3 lengths, and that's all conditioning over the last 200 metres, giving you the clear signal that we've, we can expect a one-length improvement from this horse. And our one-length improvement sort of gets you into the mix. Of course, if you can reproduce what you did on the Sunshine Coast, it's, prob it's probably worthy of uh, being a lot shorter than what they currently have in terms of market price, without a shadow of doubt. It should be you know, up in the top three. But at the moment, the way I've sort of positioned it is with these six-year-old mares, I know they've got 20, 28 days off. I'm not 100% sure how much that run's going to take out of the horse and whether we can just see an immediate acceleration upwards or we're going to have a one sideway run. All I can think of is, okay, they're coming to play. Everybody wants to win this race. Hopefully, they've got the horse right. So um, it's there. It's there. All right. Well, I, I do my work to, to ask you questions, and I've got to say there was a couple that looked like there, there was some really good value. Starting with Roots, now, um, we, we spoke her up a bit about before that uh, Opal Ridge run, or I'll call it Opal Ridge run, where, where Opal Ridge was second. And then on the Saturday morning when we did the update podcast, she said, well, Chris Waller's uh, given indication that this is the grand final. And then the market, nines out to 11s. Uh, it was off the 63-day break. And now it all makes sense. It makes sense that tomorrow is really grand final day for this mayor. You've always articulated clean ground is this mayor needs. 
And as I said, if it's grand final day and she brings her best, what will that mean? Well, one thing's for sure, there'll be a big redemption in terms of money because it's a, it's a fantastic price and there's no way that that horse – is it is that right, about 20 bucks? Yep. Yeah, it shouldn't be that price, Ralphie, right? I mean, no, no matter what, it just shouldn't be that price. So the reality is this is probably the horse that should be pushing for favouritism with Opal Ridge. Even – I had a good – another close look at that run at Eagle Farm – I felt the horse floated a little bit, but there was never intention. There was just never intention, Ralphie. And what I mean by never intention, it's the 100% the way Waller rides it. Out the back, I mean, going 9.8 lengths below benchmark, excellent move in the mid-race just to get you. I mean, I felt the horse would have been rock hard fit anyway, but just aerobically would have been spot on. And what I mean by the floating is you could see the, the maximum exertion came from the 600 to the 200 metre mark. So it hit the peak speed around plus two lengths above, sort of maintained her all the way to 200 and then dropped off about three quarters of length. And that's where I call it the floating. So I was looking and saying, is this just, okay, we're not going to ask for any more, so there's no chance we're going to flatten you? Or are you, or this is it for you? That that was the only thought I could have. But knowing this stable and how good they are and what he came out and said, you know, in the communication, someone emailed it to me. Makes sense, and the ride matches that. So I just sat back here and said, "Well, it's a it's a genuine plus two horse, Ralph. It's had three performances in that range, and this is it's it's a fourteen to sixteen hundred meter racehorse as well, and it gets a it gets a fantastic race shape. It's drawn perfectly." I just can't see this horse not being forward in midfield without having to put any effort in. Just lands there, doesn't it? It just—it's just automatically. So Tim Clark has now had the, um, you know, the opportunity, in my view, of getting everything right. Now <laughs> I know James is not on it, but Tim Clark's this is his style that I like to be on. Tim Clark when he has these type of horses, as in stalking the lead. Yep. Yep. Nice. The other one I want to ask you about is Electric Girl. Now, uh, it's first up. Well, it's first up in a group one. So what are they going to do? Well, that means it's, it's aimed at it. It's Team Hawks. The trial looks sharp. And if we go on her best, surely she's thereabouts. And she, too, is a huge price. Yes, yes. Look, it's an interesting horse, Ralphie. I had a – I didn't. I really didn't know 100% what to do with it. That was probably more to the point. But what I was – really confident of was I didn't want to give the horse the 2.9 or the 1.4. And the only reason why is maybe 1.4 could be the maximum I can give it, but it, I don't, I'm not sure this is its best distance. So just to underline what you're just saying there, the 2.9 you're referring to was its first up win at Rose Hill, yep. and the uh, 1.4 was its third to Arturis and Imperatriz. So that's pretty uh, – it's proper form. Yeah, it is proper form, yep. 100%. It's the right form. So I just sort of sit back here and say, the trial's exactly what you want. We know this stable – they don't muck around. If they're targeting a race, they're there for a reason. They're there to win. So you know, at the moment, I've sort of – kept it at the minus one and I and you know look I was looking for its lowest performance right yeah and probably the reality is it you know is it worthy of a 1.4 that that's that's the key for me and I, I my right now I'm just sort of sitting back saying I don't think so I just don't think so because you're not screaming out that it's a hundred percent right first up 1400 I, I just I, the boys are good are they going to get it right? Well, they obviously believe they will. But for me, when I'm looking at all the patterns and, and the analytics of the numbers, it's sort of indicating to me it just doesn't look like the right move. All right. Well, uh, Mayor is definitely in form and coming here off uh, winning three or four this time in. She's a beauty. Uh, Foxy Frieda, how do you uh, how do you give her uh, – how do you assess her into a 1,400 racer probably is the right way to frame this question. Well – a little bit like, think about it, hard to fault, isn't it, when they just keep winning? Yeah. And the reality is when you look at this, right, this this runner, realistically, the both last two wins probably weren't fair for the horse in terms of the way it had, what it had to do to win. Last start, Eagle Farm, 
you're going 14 lengths below benchmark and then big acceleration in the mid-race, which, okay, you're entitled to, but that takes a lot of energy out of you when you make a move of about 10 lengths. And then you still have the audacity to run 6.3 above over the last 400 metres and clearly showing that they've got this horse rock hard fit. And I like that about mares when they when they're in the right zone, they keep delivering. And, and the start before was even in my view, even more horrendous, like what they had to do, come from 18 lengths below benchmark. <laughs> We're talking about a three-second mid-race squeeze and still put 4.3 above. So what that tells me is this. No matter how this race shape is, this, if this horse goes dramatically quicker, it isn't going to lose its sprint and it isn't going to lose its last 800 metres. So it's a climber. And coming back to 200 metres actually is in this horse's favour, Ralphie, because I feel it needs a bit more speed. You sit back, like a little bit like Opal Ridge, a bit more speed's going to be good because you can work the horse and you know you're not going to have a detraction. And here we are 21 days later, and it also does give you that real feeling that no doubt this is a target for this horse. And oh, I, look, it's got a 0.7 PB, Ralphie, and... Well, it's 0.9 if I look at the Moorfield run at a mile, but I, I'm talking specifically 1,400, and I'm just sort of sitting here saying, well, you're about to improve on that. Billy Egan, just a little quirky stat, though. Eight rides in the mare for six wins in two seconds. So he, he definitely clicks with the mare. Uh, Palacepan, I'm just going down, down your chart a little bit here. Where, where does it fit in? Well, it gets the golden race shape, and that's the reason why – it's uh, worthy of being there. Now, this is the golden race shape subject to what the rider's going to do. If she's going to want to press and make it a contest up front, then it might be sad because yep. this horse could has the capacity of taking the front if it wants it. Now, if uh, the rider makes a decision and says, okay, well, I'm going to let Lady of Honor work and I'm just going to be comfortable and happy sitting in that second line, then the horse gets the golden race shape and will absolutely be in the finish. Okay. Uh, well, she ran third in this race last year, and you're yep. saying if uh, if it gets the right run in the race, she's, she's deep in the race again. Um, and uh, and third in this, uh, fifth in this race last year was Kiku. She's sort of a thereabouts mare. What's her right distance? That's probably the query, but, you know, it's McAvoy in great form again, the veteran jockey, for Chris Waller targeting the, the mile and, and – uh, sorry, not the mile, the group one at the end of the carnival. Yeah, well, again, you look at that last run, I mean, 14.4 below benchmark. Not where, not ideal in terms of a pattern. Big move in the mid-race. And the reality is, too, you know, that was very deliberate in terms of the setup on that first section. Because if you go and have a look at the ride, that was absolutely deliberate that they that's what they wanted to do. And then it's just moved very well in, you know, through the mid. And then that last 400 metres... They really asked for a big effort, and the horse delivered like with a plus 6.3. That does make you feel confident of a couple of things. Number one, fitness. I, I, don't, I have no doubt about it, right, that the fitness is there. And the 1,400 shouldn't be a negative. Just for me, this is my only – it can win, Ralphie, but I don't like horses when I see the patterns. You just go through the history of the profile. I, I've taken a position. This horse hasn't been out of work since September 21. Right. <laughs> and that's what – now, maybe that, that's the – you know, I'm sure the Waller camp have worked out this horse must love just staying in work, and you've got yeah. to respect that, right? And, and it's not going to the track and not performing. It's not winning, but it is performing, right, and putting in big races. But I just don't like that pattern. They're all short breaks, and – I don't think it's had a break for two years. All right, we'll round off for Chain of Lightning. She's a thereabouts mare, and the only worry about that is last prep she wasn't a thereabouts mare. She was a winning machine. So uh, can you make a case for her to be deep in the finish? Well, is Moody going there? <laughs> That's a very good question. <laughs> for those getting this for the first time, you're, you're onto this, aren't you, Vince? Who's on the plate of where? <laughs> yeah, so let's see if Moody's going, right, because Luke's on it. Yep. Right, which I mean, you know, no, that's fantastic because Linda Meach was on it last start. Yep. But Luke's there today or tomorrow. So, again, this is – now, I'm very confident that Luke 
oh, when I say very confident, look, anything's possible. But I, I am very confident that this is the other run that gets the absolute golden run. And Luke isn't one that's going to make the mistake up front and say, oh, you know, if they're going to go a little bit stupid up front or they're a little bit all, he's just going to be happy to sit there. And so as long as I'm on my, you know, two, you know, like one off the lead pace, two off the lead pace in terms, you know, maybe even three lengths from the lead pack, that's where he wants to be. This is where the horse is going to naturally be. And he won't have to do anything but a clean jump to be there from that barrier. Taking that into consideration, say, okay, that's where the horse is. The horse does have a PB of 1.5. I haven't given it the 1.5, but the reality is, there it is, Caulfield, October 22, Group 2 race, 1.5 above, 16th best of the day. Fantastic performance. Let's look at more recent times. Two starts back at Morpheville over 1,200 metres, 0.6 above, 4th best of the day. Now, I know this horse has come into the right form right from the beginning of the campaign. And now, I can't help but think this has got to be something that Mr. Moody's thought about right from the beginning of the campaign, that we're, we're going to end up here and this is the, one of the races we're going to want to try and win. And last start, you couldn't have got a better conditioning run. I love this type of conditioning. 0.7 above benchmark fast first section. In other words, you asked for effort, right? Between the 8 and the 400 plus 2, you are asked to continue. That means your aerobic fitness and that conditioning to be able to cope with pressure is 100% instilled in the horse. And then a little bit of a drop-off over the last 200 metres, which is entitled to do, Ralphie. And that, this horse now comes to the top. Well... Again, when I talk about horses that should be hard in the market, why shouldn't this? This is a bit like Roots in the sense of pricing. The only difference is I feel this horse gets the better run line than Roots. Okay. All right. One to finish off with there. So that's uh, that's the thoughts uh, the day before. Obviously, in uh, in summary, the one that uh, that you're most keen on pro- relative to its price, of course, is, uh, is Roots at the huge odds, yeah? Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, we uh, we'll tighten it up a little bit here, but there's a couple that uh, gee, they look like some opportunities to me. So let's put it to you. Race eight on the program, the Healy Healy Stakes. Vince, I was doing my work here, and I thought, well, either Prince of Boom has to go slower, and if it doesn't, who can go faster? Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so so he, he he led throughout last start. Is he is he on track to do similar here? Well, the the the, the reality is yes. I mean, Emerald Kingdom is definitely a horse that does want to sort of venture out the front. Uh, Tim Clark, when that challenge sort of comes, he's probably not going to give up the lead. And the reality is if he doesn't give up the lead, that's probably a good thing and makes the horse go a little bit faster because Tim Clark, if there's no one there, he may look, Ralphie, to do what I don't like and that's look for that little bit of a slowdown. Yes. So I'm hoping that... Emerald Kingdom will just serve it up in terms of that first section and just make the race honest. And therefore, that probably actually improves the chances of uh, Prince of Boobin. Definitely will be the best of the on-pace runners. Rangers is the other horse that could also take a look up front if they want to. But hopefully they will understand that uh, Tim Clark is going to say, well, I'm going to own the front at all costs, and that would be good. So he comes from a Eagle Farm 1200, which is his tomorrow, and so does King Kappa, who comes from uh, this, as do other horses in the race. And that was a fortnight go, uh, go the King Kappa race. Uh, the, uh, the the performance of Prince of Boom was three weeks ago. It, it's it's This is your wheelhouse, Vince. You can line him up on the clock. As Prince of Boom was a significantly faster race. Well, Prince of Boom overall, like 1.9, second best performance, impossible to fault. And... You know, is coming in with the exact right form, and they've made the right decisions as well, Ralphie, in terms of coming for this race. And they probably got a big, big chance of uh, paying off for them. Big chance of paying off for them. King Capper, on the other hand, like you said, there is a bit of a gap in the profile of performances. And the other issue is, oh, I won't call it an issue because King Capper is probably going to appreciate sitting off the speed in terms of where its energy distribution is going to be. I don't feel that that horse, even though it won that race, I don't believe that horse appreciates going 2.4 lengths faster than standard and then having to work really hard to, you know, get victory. I feel this is a much better horse if it's going 
minus one, minus three, and then having the big finish because it's proven that in the past that it's got a four to six lengths above benchmark last 400. And the chance is there for the horse as well of being in the right strike place. The question will be, can it, you know, make that last step and try and beat a horse like that? Yeah. Uh, We know on talent that Quantico is a a seriously good sprinter. He's obviously had issues. He's missed a lot of racing. It is worth noting he started favourite for a reason last start against Prince of Boom. Uh, He never looked like he was going to travel. He never looked likely in the run. He just looked like he was having a bad day. Uh, is his best behind him or and or how are you scoring him coming into this tomorrow? Yeah, no, def- definitely the best isn't behind him. There's no – no, and, and see, so you look at the pattern set up here, very different. Long break, 336 days, turned up first up with a plus 1.6, second best of the day. They obviously had the horse spot on, Ralphie, and they can go backwards from there. Now, I felt the horse has gone more sideways than backwards because when you look at – what the horse was asked to do in the subsequent two races. Well back, huge finishes, probably not ideal. And then they've given the horse a little bit of a freshen up because they know they got the horse back. The Ramwick trial was really strong. And that first run at Scone, when it just got beaten, was the real indicator that they've got this horse right. 4.1 lengths below benchmark first section. It's good speed for this horse, Ralphie. Broke benchmark between the eight and the four, going 0.2 above. Last 400 metres, 2.5, very strong. A taper at the end of around 1.2, giving you all the right signals. Yes, this will take something out of you, but improvement's coming. They went to Eagle Farm. Well, here it is. The horse has gone 2.9 lengths below benchmarks, gone a little bit faster than the run before. In the mid-race, it's also had to ask for extend. It got held up around that 400-metre mark. Now, I'm I'm not playing a lot into that because on the numbers, the horse wasn't – there was a de-acceleration and maybe the horse just was finished after that, right, of about 0.4. But it's not enough for me to say that absolutely costs you the race. You just tanked out. And I feel the reason why it tanked out is – an ex- extra effort from one run to the other. You probably felt that run off the 70 days, and now the top's here, and I just sit back and say, okay, well, could we see – no, I'm, not, no I'm, I'm now I'm being – I've got to be real with myself here, right? We're not going to get 4.9, but if we did, it would be like the biggest gift we could ever get, right? Yeah, that was Melbourne Cup Day 2021. Right? Yeah. And I'm willing to chance my arm personally, even now at this point, unless, you know, something happens tomorrow with the weather or whatever. But I'm just sitting back here say, tomorrow's your chance. Yep. And a plus two is absolutely on the cards. Nothing less than a 1.6. And that's what I scored it on. I said, well, 1.6 puts you top four. If, I'm, if I feel comfortable that I've got the top three slots sorted, then you're looking like a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, and down the line the way you play, that's keeping the place on yep. side, and that, that's that's your preference there. So we've mentioned King Cap, I mentioned Quantico, I mentioned Prince of Boom, and you said top four. Who would be the fourth? Well, a couple of runners that I have to give some respect to and not at this stage entirely sure what I need to do with them. The first one's the big goodbye, you know, from the Heathcote camp. I'm just sort of sitting back here and saying to myself, well, you've got a, you got a genuine 2.1 to your name, and it comes from Eagle Farm, Ralphie. It's been up. It's had a decent campaign, and this is what I can't sort of work out. Where are you? There's nothing in the intel that's saying to me, you're done, but you're rock hard fit, and you've just been so competitive. If someone makes a mistake or an error, or they don't turn up, you're still going to be there. So this is the one horse that I really, uh, not 100% sure what to do with. Other than that, I had I had a look at the other runner, Ralphie, number 11, Satine, is that correct? Salatine, yeah. No, Salatine. This was the other runner that I wasn't 100% certain yet. What am I going to do with it? I need to look at this a little bit more closely, but it's coming from the right camp, the Golden Camp. You look at the profile of this campaign, like everything is right. And the first up run... Definitely gives me confidence. They've got this horse in the right shape. It's just not winning. And I'm saying, okay, I've got reasons why it didn't win last start. Wrong race shape. Seven lengths below. Big move in the mid-race. 
even the last 200 metres, the horse has been able to finish. And I didn't like what happened to the horse between the four and the two. And that's the hidden message there. The horse lost 2.9. And I'm going to myself, okay, why has that happened? Maybe there's a little bit hidden. And I look back at its history and say, well, go go back to Doombin. You've got a rock solid 1.4 there. On wet ground, you're definitely not a wet tracker. Dry ground's where you want to be. So then I looked at last campaign, December 22, Doombin 1200, beating the lip, 0.5 above. And then I look at the race shape. Have a look what it did, Ralphie. Three lengths below benchmark first section. Two lengths above between the eight and the four, 4.9 last 400. You're probably ready to run that sort of race. And if you are, you're a threat. And that was the other runner that I just wasn't sure about what do I do. All right. Well, that's at mid teen odds. I want to consider there. Let's go to the uh, listed crown race six in the program here. Doesn't look like a race where a lot of depth. So it's a distance race for the uh, for the uh, fillies and mares. I was going to say mares, but it is fillies and mares because the uh, Noah Noah and Adil is uh, is in the market here, coming off a of placing in the in the Oaks. Thalassophile's short favourite. Uh, is she entitled to be? Is she entitled to be? Well. Jeez, Wally, he's, um, he likes to keep them going. <laughs> well, I've probably taken that European style. Yeah. I've, I may have even heard him talk about it once, that um, sometimes it's a good thing just to keep them rolling. Well, it's definitely a good thing for business. <laughs> keep checks the money. coming in. Yeah, yeah, the money just keeps coming. Even though coming. they don't make checks anymore. <laughs> no, no. It's, you know, like, and if you're up in Queensland. So if you look at the profile of this horse, sitting back here saying, well, you've been up at least since March, right? You've had a lot of runs, but you're so consistent. And last start, I could see why the horse didn't get victory. I don't know why, but there you are, 14.7 links below benchmark first section. You're too far back, Ralphie. Big move in the mid-race. You've made about a 10-length move, but the last 400 was probably the biggest signal. You still had the capacity to run 6.2 above, even though it's a soft race shape. But if you're like tapering to the end of your campaign, you're not going to finish like that. You're going to be one paced and you're most likely your last 400 is going to be more like a benchmark plus one off that type of sort of pattern. But no, the horse still produced a big sprint and we do have to factor in the horse came back in distance and probably this is the little thing. Maybe that's the reason why the horse just lost all its speed. So back up to the 2100, you're not going to have to worry about that anymore. You just need miles. And like I said, the horse has been up since March 22. So miles isn't going to be the issue. And it, yeah, it performs superbly at this distance and the right rider. Yeah, McAvoy's so, on fire. Yeah, you can't sit there and say this is not going to be a high probability of taking one of those three slots. Pretty amazing, the stable, mate. Have we seen the best of her yet? Yeah, at times she looks like she's a serious stayer on the rise. No, I don't think we have, and I'm. You can't help but feel that the Waller camp all along must have been thinking, "Well, we're coming here, and we're coming here with you know distance race in mind." And why I say that is this: just go back to the Hawkesbury run at eighteen hundred, when it won by two lengths. Look at what happened there in the structure: four lengths below benchmark first section, and you say, "Okay, that's reasonable." But look what it did between the 8 and the 400. Went plus 7.4, massive move, and still ran plus 2.2 last 400 metres, like strong above benchmark. That's the perfect horse for you to say, you need ground. Then look what he does. This is the trainer, right? You come back to 1600. That's why I'm saying the intention for this, right? Back to the 1600, not an advantage, a negative and you see the horse loses speed, goes six lengths below benchmark, doesn't have the same output, probably to do with what happened the start before, right? Yep. And then up to Queensland, get the real blowout run. Let's put a bit of effort in going three and a half lengths below benchmark. Nice move in the mid-race with not overtaxing. And this is the last sign. Yeah, we'll also give you a jump out just to make sure. And that's what they did at Deegan. Let's add to that that 
he uh, James Norman rode in the barrier trial, and he rides tomorrow. So it's a uh, let's put James on because he's going to ride a race day. Yeah, and I just feel that this horse actually profiles better than than the favourite. Yep. For the race, and just the only query you have to take is just say, all right, we're at twenty one hundred. It has been to two thousand and failed, but I look at what happened there. I mean, even though the horse got beaten four lengths that time. Really, this horse hadn't had a break when going in that preparation. It had been up since January twenty, uh, since December twenty-one, and that I was think six that months. Day, yeah, I think that day they were having a throw at the stumps to see whether they can get it back to Queensland. But by then, it was time over. Yeah, and it was time over. Yeah. And still, the horse put a reasonable effort in for what happened. You look what happened, what it did at Newcastle the start before, and then how much it had to improve. So here's his chance, and it's, and I feel it's a worthy one as well because your risk is okay are you going to get 20 2100 and i'm sitting here saying well i can't see one sign to say no unless this race has run 10 lengths above benchmark which it won't be happening so for second in that race was princess rani's it's since had a, a, another run where it ran sixth a bit of a sideways run to use your phrase vince princess rani's uh always had a bit of staying talent when with peter moody first uh prep with tony golan yeah well, definitely this is a horse that's absolutely screaming out for distance and it was very evident in that eagle farm run like completely lost all its speed staying at the 1600 after using it all the start before so they've obviously used this as a as a big tune-up run that eagle farm run going 12.4 below good solid run between the eight and the 400 about an eight length mid-race move not as dynamic as uh, pretty amazing Good overall last 400, plus 2.6. So the only difference I see between this horse and pretty amazing, this runner is a one-paced horse, doesn't have the booming, doesn't have a booming sprint on it. We we know from experience, if you can have that extra, you know, gear where you can sprint, you always tend to have an advantage. So this this could be a runner that be, might become even more exciting beyond 2,000, like 2,500, 3,000 metres. All right. Uh, we'll round off with the, even though it's a non-metro win, but because it's a quaddy leg, just round off with that last race here, Vince, the uh, race nine in the program. The two favourites for the race, Surreal Steps in its first prep with uh, Johnny Thompson going well. And Swiss Ex- Exile hasn't won for quite a while, but uh, it comes off a, a – it's on the quick backup from uh, from Ipswich last Saturday. And I reckon if it brought its doom and uh, second to Stableweight Lady Laguna, it'd be deep in the finish too. So have you got any thoughts here for the last race? Yeah, I feel this is actually a good competitive race, even though we're sort of, you know, like around that borderline benchmark profile. But there are a number of runners here that, you know, on their day, they've got the capacity to easily break benchmark. And I don't mind that, that if they're coming in with just a slightly below benchmark, knowing their history gives us comfort that they have been able to get there. So if we first look at, say, Swiss Exile and at the last star performance at Ipswich over 1350, Overall, 3.6 lengths below benchmark, rank 48. It's probably not, like, super exciting, but it, it, I can say to you, it was an easy day to run time at Ipswich, and the horse performed pretty consistently other than what the, it did between the 8 and the 400-metre um, running in that race. Like, that little bit of a drop-off between the 8 and the 4, losing about half length of speed, didn't probably work for the horse, but that was got to do with how it positioned itself and, and the, the, the challenge with Ipswich and the way you've got to work it. I didn't feel that horse appreciated that, even though it only got beaten half a length. Going back to its best run and trying to pin that and say, okay, what's that mean for today? At 1,100 metres, I feel that's where it belongs, right, at the moment. I just feel that this is what you are. You're a bit of a specialist, at that distance, you've had a crack at 13.54, and you are competitive, but you're not putting the number down. Like, you're not breaking benchmark. You're running three, two lengths below benchmark. That's not – I don't like that because there's going to be – there are runners in this race that will break benchmark at 1,200 metres, and I just feel that's the, the negative for me with that horse, right? And, yep. and, and Nishan being the type of trainer, she gets her horses up – 
up and ready very quickly. Therefore, there's not going to be like you know this horse isn't going to turn up and just improve three or four is what I'm trying to say, Ralphie. Yeah, so it's pretty tight price under that circumstance yep. and surreal step. Yeah, surreal step. The other runner. When I look at this horse's profile, doing everything spot on. That last run, love that. I thought that was the real signal. Seventh best of the day. It didn't break benchmark. It was 0.2 below. Beautiful first section around 4.7 lengths below benchmark. Went a half above between the eight and the four and kept finishing. Like that last 400 metres, nice and solid. 2.2 above. Gave all the indications to me to say, right, I'm now right at my top conditioning-wise and I'm ready to put down a real performance at this distance. And this horse has run benchmark at 1,200 metres. He's got to go back to 2020, Ralphie, right, at Rose Hill. But <laughs> the horse has done it. Yeah, it's a long time ago, right? Now, when I look at all the other runs and say, well, how come you haven't been able to win since? <sighs> okay, I'll give you a more recent one. And this is, this is how you – this is how I work it out, Ralphie. You go to Canterbury, 1st of January, 23. It got beaten 2.6. 4.6 lengths below benchmark first section. Between the 8 and the 4, the horse goes plus 7.2 and matches it over the last 400. There's not going to be an issue with this horse at 1,200. And this horse has got booming sprint with the right presentation. This is a good race. Definitely will get the right race shape. And I feel it's absolutely worthy of at least being able to run benchmark. Now, is that going to be enough? Well, the the you know the hurdle rate saying half a length below benchmark gets you on the podium. All right. Uh, okay. We'll we'll pick that up now. Um, as far as a, a couple of other races, I just want to touch yep. on here the listed mile race five on the program here. Uh, Osmos looks uh, is the favourite. It, it's a it's quite a few chances though. How are you assessing race five on the program? Geez, Tim, La- uh, Tim Clark's got quite a few good rides, hasn't he? Yes, well, could be. Oh, potentially has. <laughs> so he's he certainly isn't going to be worrying about did I get good mounts? It's now whether he's going to be capable enough of um, you know winning a few of those races is probably going to be the big thing. But this is another horse that is he is on the right horse, Ralphie, because this is a horse that likes to sit off the pack and stalk the lead speed, and he's the perfect rider for that. And if I look at the the profile of this horse. I mean, that run two starts back. Just the second in Australia, by the way. Yeah, I mean, 0.5 below. That was a massive improvement overall from the first up run because they used too much energy first up at Sunshine Coast. And then last start, I was trying to understand, like, what's happened to you? Well, I can tell you what's happened. You know, it's 10.9 lengths below benchmark first section. No move in the mid-race. And then they've just gone for one big sprint. So the horse has done a huge acceleration. It's gone four lengths above last 400. But you still got to look at the combined move. The combined move's almost two seconds. That's big. And that's the reason why the horse didn't deliver. Is You're not going to win if you're going to be doing that. That's not going to happen tomorrow. Not with Tim Clark and how this race is set up. So I get it. The horse hasn't broken benchmark in Australia. But it's about to. Uh, okay, we'll uh, we'll talk business tomorrow about about that particular runner, and just off we'll round off because yeah, <laughs> off for a while it's been good fun. Uh, round off the the second and third race because a couple of these okay. are in the market. Second race in the program, Chinny Boom has a bit of a boom on uh, on this particular run. This filly uh, was disappointed in the market last start. She takes on uh, El Katrina, I think, of Ekaterina. Um, from match up perspective, how are you viewing those two? Well, firstly, you know, I watched this Chinny Boone come onto the scene and I knew Australia said, but you've got plenty of ability. Now, is it the right stable to get the maximum out of this? I don't know, Ralphie, because usually when horses are very young, they just run. Just then natural they need, Yeah, then they need, they need some training after that, right? Yep. Go next step. And sometimes that training is a, it's like this. If you're always training with, with – performers that are a lot inferior to you, you don't get better. You go actually a little bit backwards, right? I'm channeling Chris Judd who once said, do you want to go to the best heart surgeon or the one who hasn't had practice? Yeah, and I know that from first from first <laughs> well, hand experience. That's right, right? absolutely, yep. yeah. Yep. No, I agree, right? <laughs> and then, so if you're in a better stable, you're going to be competing against you know other horses in your training that are you know like at your level or better, 
right? Yep. And you just you just naturally improve over time. So that's the risk for me. But this horse is got a super amount of talent, much more than what we've seen so far. And the reason why I say that is this horse has shown unbelievable sustained speed from the gates over a thousand meters and all above benchmark. That's usually a sign a horse can break, you know, run very well at 1,200 metres, especially when they can do that. Second thing that this horse has shown, it's got a sensational sprint. On multiple occasions, it's broken plus five. Last 400, off benchmark speed. Very important. Now, I look back here. Are they doing the right thing with a 63-day break? Absolutely. But I haven't seen any trials or nothing. Don't see. This is what bothers me about the trainer. I read I this in RaceNet that, uh, that they've given it a private jump out. They're happy with it, but it had a little setback off that Doombin win, hence the 63 days. But they wanted to keep it in fillies and mares. That's what the stable said. So No, no, go. good. Yep. And, you know, and this is see, this is the thing. Here we are, private jump out, right? Mm. What does that mean? Uh, yeah, we're in town now, right? And yeah. The horse is definitely up to this field. and. If it was a different, let's say it was Golden Stable. I'm not knocking the trainer, really, yeah, but let's yeah. just say if it was Golden Stable, you're talking business. Dollar twenty. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. So that, that that that's that's your putting option. If you yeah. trust the trainer, you're there. Uh, is is Lunchy's entitled to be odds on in the in race three? We'll finish off with this. Okay. <laughs> well, when's this horse going to win? Right. <laughs> if you don't win tomorrow, no, retire it. Yeah, and this is the thing. And, t- and again, well, could Tim Clark get this one wrong? No. Well, he can't because <laughs> it's it's a tiniest field. The only problem with this race is this: absolutely, if all things were even, the reality should be this: it should just win, right? It should just win. But this could be. A diabolical race with pace. Right? <laughs> they could run thirty lengths below benchmark for right. a section, and then they might decide to sprint from there, from the thousand home, or it could just be a four hundred meter sprint. Right? You, I don't know, but the reality is, the dollar eighties, given the nature of the race shape, probably doesn't deserve to be that price. Yes. So, but is it ready to win? Yes. If, if it was a, a bigger field, what's the old racing saying? Bigger the field, the bigger the certainty. If it was a bigger field that created pressure, you'd be confident with it. I'd be very confident. Yeah. I'd say, okay, if we've got a 10, 12 horse field, even if they go slow, 10 lengths below benchmark, not a problem. Tim Clark will hand out this horse is re- absolutely ready and should be winning, right? But yep. in this situation, uh, any one of those horses can win. All right. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the information that Vince has put across to you. This is a big uh, big Friday deep dive. Of course, tomorrow you'll be getting the updated podcast. It'll be all business when the Race Speed po- Profiles final edition comes through. But in the meantime, thanks so much for supporting our year-round carnival preview podcast.